Hey, hey, everybody. This is The Wash, episode two. You are here with AE. Um, how y'all doing? Uh, <laughs> I told y'all that I was coming back, and um, I owe this to everybody and myself just to go ahead and do it. So, yeah, we're at episode two. Yay, me. Um, so I wanted to say that, like, last episode, we talked a lot about what the intro um, of the show and kind of like a little synopsis of what it was going to be. And, you know, there will continue to be different pieces added and we'll get to explore different pieces as we move on. And I just hope y'all are ready for that ride with me. Uh, I hope you guys heard the song in the beginning. Well, of course you heard it. Um, I love, love, love that song and I love Wale and, <laughs> Me and my friends were just talking about how like underrated Wale is and much love to Wale. Wale is real dope. Um, super chill dudes who, uh, yeah, I just, it's a lot of Wale hits that are like very, very, very close near dear in my heart, but I like that one. Um, cause it really is a love hate thing. Like you love, you could love so much stuff about somebody and then hate so much about somebody and then like you know love can quickly just turn into hate period for someone in general and like you could love your job but you can like hate the people there I know that's not what he's talking about necessarily in the song but like it can go to love from love to hate real quick and I think that is kind of leading me to today's topic that we're going to talk about after we do um like our black history facts and then uh talk about one of my favorite things um we're gonna get into trust issues pew 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 uh hot topic everybody either has trust issues know somebody with them has them themselves and are in denial about it or <laughs> just they're there they're somewhere lingering and you may not even know it and it kind of impacts so many pieces of your daily life and how you move and you would never know it until you were like ready to break down that monkey or get into some therapy, talk to some people, listen to yourself, really look at yourself and the way you think about things and how you feel and the way you react to stuff. Like, yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, but before we get deeper into the trust issues aspect, um, I wanted to say our... Um, a few things about, well, this week is the week of, what was it, the 14th? Monday was the 14th. Um, so in lieu of like, you know, having to pick a certain one thing that happened in a certain day in history, we're going to do like a week of events. So, and this week is the week of the 14th. So this week we are going to go for things that happen on the 18th because it's my mama's birthday. Yeah, yeah. Um, my mom is... My homie, my bestie, like she's all of that in a bag of chips. And if you've seen her, you would agree. Um, <laughs> it's I remember from like elementary school, all my friends were like, oh, I want to date your mom. All the little boys like, oh, your mom, so this, so that. And 30 years later, she's still a baddie. So there's that. Um, so we're going to do black events that happen on September 18th. Um, to start and we have the first one being that Jimi Hendrix died on September 18th 1970 and I know this is a it's kind of a 
sad one to start with, but I saw it and like, I've always, you know how everybody got a Hendrix t-shirt, everybody knows nasty on the guitar, like, you know, everybody knows these things, but it shocked me that, um, well, I guess because it's my mom's birthday, it has shocked me that he died on that day, actually. Um, and I didn't know how he died. He died of a drug overdose at the age of 27. 27. Okay. Like, and then it made me think by 27, he had gotten to this level of like rock musical genius godliness that led to every piece of love and respect that he gets today, which is amazing. Of course, then it led me down a pipeline of what was I doing at 27 and what am I not doing at 31 that <laughs> that he did in that time. But we're, going, we're not going to do that to ourselves. We're not going to do that. We're going to think positively and that that man had his destiny and his moments and he led his life the way that he was supposed to. And that's what I slash we slash all of us, the crew, are doing um, as we're supposed to. So on... September 18, 1970, Jimi Hendrix died. So, second black fact is that Norfolk State University was founded on September 18th, 1935. Um, and like, even just looking at the mission and how it was um, brought to life in the midst of the Great Depression, just scrolling through different pieces. And then the, the number of people who went to Norfolk State, the number of people in my life who went to Norfolk State, shout out to NSU. Um, Norfolk State is like a staple and like growing up in the Tidewater, 757 area, like Norfolk State is it. And like being in a band and like, you know, all these things. <laughs> Now, when it came time to go to school, <laughs> I did not want to go to Norfolk State. Now, it's stupid because I probably could have did really well there. And, well, probably I would have done well there and probably would have, you know, been less thousands of dollars in debt. You know, just saying. But these are things that you don't realize when you're young and dumb. So, <laughs> essentially... I could have gone to Norfolk State. I didn't even apply to Norfolk State and I'm kicking myself in the head for it as I think about it because I know so many great people who like made wonderful things of themselves going to Norfolk State. But for me, when I graduated in 07, everybody who graduated in 06 had basically gone to Norfolk State. And I loved high school, but I just wanted to be around totally new people. Now... As at 18, in my head, I was going to be around the same people, not realizing I had the choice of whether I wanted to be around the same people, you know, because you don't know that when you're 18, you just see that everybody in your high school, a good number of people in your high school that you associate with are going one place. So in your head, you're like, um, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be around all these people. I'm not trying to do this all over again, which is why I ended up at VCU. So yes. Other black fact is that um, Norfolk State was founded September 18th, 1935. Just Googling quickly some important people that, well, Tim Reed is like, obviously, um, everybody knows that um, Norfolk State is always listed among the top 50 HBCUs. 
Um, they have a really good nursing program. Denimas, I've heard about that like ever since I was like looking into majors up for college from 16, 17. Heard about how bomb Denimas is. They they just have they're doing so much and they're like changing the campus a whole lot too. I haven't been in like some of the newer buildings, but like even just being on the campus period. Oh, homecoming. I just had a sad moment because COVID is messing up all like when it gets to fall time, ladies start picking out their homecoming outfits, fellas start thinking about a little bit of their outfits, a little bit about what they're gonna drink at homecoming. Um, you start getting the homecoming sneaky links together. Like, you know, that's that's what happens in homecoming season. And I'm going to miss it. I didn't go to Norfolk State, but I haven't missed that many Norfolk State homecomings. So let's just put it that way. Um, and I miss homecoming. Man, we need to say, we need a, a pause of silence for homecomings this year. Because I would love to see who's going to try, like, Jiho might be the ones to try it. I ain't even gonna lie. Jiho might be the one. They might. Somebody gonna try to do a socially distanced homecoming. I'm not gonna be there, but I would love to see this come to fruition. So if anybody is planning to do that, I cannot wait to see how this works. Okay? I cannot wait. So <laughs> just know I'm I'm looking for all the HBCU posts to see who gonna try this socially distance homecoming and who's actually gonna go and how's it gonna turn out. I'm watching. That would be that's gonna be interesting to see. So I'm gonna pay close attention to that. But that was our black facts for the week. Um once again, that was Jimi Hendrix and Norfolk State being founded September 18th, 1935. Um yeah, I think that we're going to be mixing them up. Um, there were some other pieces that I found that were like, ooh, this would be good. But I think those two were the the ones, you know, education is big for me. So those were that was the education piece that stuck up for me about Norfolk State and it being HBCU and always having consistent HBCU PWI conversations. And then that Jimi Hendrix piece about like being 27 and dying and there's a I had no idea there was like a notorious 27 club of like musical artists who died at 27 and Janis Joplin and Amy Winehouse are also there with Jimi Hendrix and I think Kurt Cobain so like that's just crazy in itself um so yeah um we talked a little bit like you can see in the the logo and like the 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 art for the show that like new mommyhood is like one of those um bubbles that I got in my hair as I'm watching you know it's cute uh so proud of that shout out to Joelle my graphic designer she did an amazing job um it literally came out of my head and onto this platform <laughs> and then she did that wonderfully for me and I really appreciate that um so shout out to Joelle and New mommyhood is, so my daughter is almost five months. Um, it's been a crazy five months. Whoa. And not just a crazy five months. How long are you pregnant? 10 months. It's been a crazy 15 months. So the last, <laughs> the last year and some months of my life has been real interesting. That's all I got to say. Um, and it's super crazy because in the beginning of September, is when I found out that like I was pregnant last year, 2019. So it was a little bit of some memories on that day. The little, you know, the test pops up from the group chat that you sent to everybody. 
it's just a lot, you know, things, it's been a crazy fit. What is that? She's five months and then you're pregnant for 10 months. So it's 15 months. It's been a crazy 15 months. Um, but for like this first new mommyhood session, section area of the show, um, I think it's really good to start with my mom since it's her birthday. Get it? It's not new mommyhood, but like my mother's a part of my new mommyhood. You get it. So, yeah, like I would just like to say if having a kid doesn't do anything else, it makes you appreciate your parents or especially your mom on a whole not like a whole different level. Um, I'm pretty sure y'all have like being that she's five months, you know, she was born during COVID and COVID was just a really interesting time in the beginning. She was born April, um, the end of April, almost May. So it's like <laughs> COVID was still brand new. Like, you know, everybody was scared shitless in March. And then like, so then there were all these precautions put in and like things just got crazy. Like I couldn't have any visitors. I couldn't have, um, they they wanted me to be out of the hospital earlier, but because I had some complications, which I'll get into those, uh, that's, the, that's the tale for another episode. Um, and then like uh, my daughter's father like couldn't make it in. Like it was it was just it was a whole lot of stuff that like happened because of COVID, and I ended up having a C section, and it's just a lot, y'all. Like I'm probably gonna need one whole episode for like new mommyhood birth stuff and it might be like a, a birthday episode for her or something like that like I don't know but that's yeah just just leave it at that but the part that relates to my mother is the fact that I could only have one person with me um, my mother is a nurse by trade um, and literally I do not know what I would have done without my mother during that time um <laughs> one night I think it was the second night that I was in the hospital they hadn't come to check on me because I had a c-section I had like all these pain meds and a bunch of like scarring and like ugh, you can just imagine y'all have seen all the movies y'all heard all the horror stories you know what a c-section can look like and can get like and like one of the nurses didn't come check on me. I, it had been like 12 hours and somebody's supposed to come in like every four to six hours and like nobody had checked on me. I was in severe pain. I'm like, I, I'm I'm that goof that's like, oh no, ma, it's okay. Like, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm just gonna get some Tylenol. Like, no, 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 no. My mother was like, nah, let me go find a nurse because there's no reason you ain't here. Your sheets haven't been changed. Your stuff ain't been changed. Like, You've been calling for meds and they're not paying you no mind. Um, not to say that somebody else wouldn't have done that for me, but my mother being a nurse by trade, it was so helpful because I didn't know nothing about changing none of these pads and things that I had to do and like making sure my tape was okay and using the gauze and using all of this stuff. They They need to give you a class before you have a baby on what to do after you finish like giving birth like they really need to do that so maybe that's something somebody could get into because I tried to do all the postpartum and all the pre and all the during research and nobody could have ever prepared me for what I went through um like if you would have told me this was about to happen I would have laughed in your face because it was no no way that that was about to <laughs> happen to me but my mother was just so 
she was just on it. And like, she's been on it in so many parts of my life. Like, you know, moms and daughters, we always, there's always that time, like, you know, I know me and my mother, we are so close. Um, but like, it's hard for two grown women to be like, right up under each other. Like, you know, it's like, you know, mothers and daughters have the relationships and they like go through waves and it's like, but we usually are like in a really good place. And like, I just don't know. I can't even imagine going through like everything that I went through without her. So it's my mama's birthday. I don't even, how old is she? I ain't gonna calculate that on here because she's gonna be real mad. But it don't matter because she, well, she always rounds up for her age anyway. She's the only person in the world that I know that rounds up. And <laughs> she's, she's weird. She's crazy. Um, but then it's like, you know, I, I'm just looking back and like all the sacrifices, all the love, all the laughs, all the foolishness, all the 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 shit talking, all all of these pieces that are so unique to me and my mother's relationship I'm so appreciative for it and I love you mommy and well that sounds it sounds like I'm being fake if I'm trying to call her mommy but I call her ma 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 yeah so I love you ma happy birthday I don't know when you want to hear this but you'll hear it at some point and you know I love you and you know this new mommy hood segment is dedicated to you the first one because I have no idea like I said I don't know where I would be. I don't know where Ashton would be. Like, I don't even know. So <laughs> thank you for pulling us through that um, and getting us here on one piece. Um, but now switching gears a little bit to the trust issues part. I spoke to my therapist, y'all. Got a new therapist shortly after having a baby because I was like, you know what? Why not? You know, you got to take care of your mental. And postpartum is real. And I've heard from so many people how real postpartum depression and how postpartum um, just readjusting to your life can impact you and your mental health in a negative way. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get some some help. I had tried therapy before. I really liked it. My therapist ended up leaving the um the center or the facility that she was at and so it was like okay bye but you know decided to start over so I um ended up having a conversation with her my therapist about not trusting some guy some guy that I'm talking to or was talking to or whatever um I didn't really have no reason not to trust him but I'm just like mm. The feelers, the intuition, it's like, she was like, you are, don't trust this situation because it's, it's unknown and you like stuff that you can see and can, and can control. Wait a minute. You don't know me. Don't, don't read me like that on day one, first of all. Um, but she was right. And it led to so many other conversations about trust. And one of the things that you guys will probably figure out about my personality and about how I am as like a friend and a loved one and all of that that those spaces in my life I am one of those people who if somebody says something it's like are you sure do you want to do that do you think this is the right decision did you think about how it would affect this like in my life I'm I literally try to think of a thousand different ways that something can go wrong right up down left sideways whatever um, and I tried to make the most rational decision. That is not something that a lot of people are burdened with. I ain't gonna say it's even a blessing. 
It, that's not something that a lot of people are burdened with. And it is very tiring. But I have come to realize that it's helped me a lot in my life and like kept me from doing a bunch of crazy stuff. At the same time, it's probably kept me from enjoying a lot of things, too. So, you know, that there's a lot to unpack there. But I realized from talking to my therapist in one conversation with one of my best friends that I don't trust people's decision making. And it came from, and this is where the trust issue piece comes in because I was like, why don't I trust people's decision making? That's that's crazy. People get the people have the right to choose what they want to do. Like people, you know, people have impulses, people do things, and people want to, you know, make choices for their lives. And I think that me not trusting people's decision making comes from me wanting to make sure that I'm not like making decisions that really hurt people in a way or like, you know, like try to go against people or like purposefully make people feel pain or sadness or anything like that. Um, And full disclosure, my podcast is definitely a a stretch and vulnerability to me. I tell my friends all all the time, like, my life don't really be real uh, interesting or dramatic. Like, it's like everybody else always got something going on 10 times bigger than what I got going on. So I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll hold on to this. We can unpack your stuff and we'll unpack this later. We'll put this in a duffel bag in the corner. But um, yeah, so this is a, a practice in vulnerability. And so through the conversation with both friend and doctor, I realized that Um, I have trust issues uh, very much so because of my father um, not being in my life. My father was um, actually murdered when I was very, very young, like under the age, under six months old um, or under a year, under a year old. Um, I'll make that range a little bigger. Um, And some twisted kind of way, what I didn't realize was that I was nervous of people's decisions because of whatever decision my father made to go out my father it was like it was some wrong place wrong time time type of thing is what i've been told um so whatever situation led him to making that decision to be there um led him not being able to be in my life so that's as black as white black and white as i can make it for you guys um I have issues with people's decision making because of stuff like that. And then I look at how long it takes me to make decisions. And I think I'm, I, I, and I won't even say so much now how long it used to take me to make decisions because having a kid has also transitioned so many pieces of my trusting people than like putting myself in my child and my like level of comfortability and stress and like all of that above so many others um other areas in my life that you know that's I wouldn't say I don't put the same effort into not hurting people I would just say that I will avoid situations instead of trying to figure out a way of how to you know approach this this way to not you know I just and some situations I would just back out because it's not even worth it and I don't need the extra drama of dealing with whatever you feel say do if it make me feel away and I don't need to deal with you then that's fine but if it's something and it's like this is just this person's life and this is what they do then it is just what they live and what they do and it 
has nothing to do with me. Um, but yeah, I think the trust issue here in that decision making is like, it definitely relates to relationships. I feel like I don't trust people as far as I can throw them because I don't trust them to make me a priority to the point that they won't hurt me. And it doesn't have to be like a priority, like, oh, you're big, you're the most important thing in my life. But I just feel like if people cared a little bit more about other people, that they wouldn't do things to hurt them. Like, for example, if you're a woman, no, most most cheating examples deal with men. So I'll just say woman. If you're a woman, and let's say you're just not into the relationship. You're just like, ugh, he's not giving me what I want. He's not doing this. And then somebody else comes along and it's like, oh, well, you know, I kept this dude in the back pocket just in case. And now I'm just not feeling this. So I'm about to go ahead without ending a relationship. If you just cared about that person a little more and could be honest with them, it would just be so much easier to end the situation and walk away. Men, if you care a little bit more about Shorty to... <laughs> not cheat or you know it's just I just feel like we don't care enough about each other which is why we don't trust each other um as much as we could I feel like we have a lot more trust issues because of things that happened to us in our childhoods and things that we have to unpack from our past but it doesn't help that there are consistent reminders of not being able to be vulnerable and open up to people enough that you trust them or it also doesn't help that there are a million things that somebody can do to not make you trust them and their judgment or their decision making or anything like that. There's so many different <laughs> levels to trust issues. I guarantee that there will be another trust issue segment. But this is just kind of what was on my heart for today because I was thinking about this not trusting somebody's decision making and how it relates to me growing up as an only child and how that decision to me was directly related to my dad's decisions and it impacted my life so much I have like I'm like a weirdo when it comes to relationships and not like a weirdo but like like everybody loves me but it's like I don't know I don't know. I like do too much. I'm I so overcompensate and it's like, "Oh, well if if I do too much, you won't you won't cheat on me. So it's like, if I do everything, it's like, I don't have to trust that you won't do it. It's like, you'll kind of feel bad for doing this to somebody who does everything for you. And here's a secret. It never works. It never works. It never works. It never works. So now I am wanting to do what I'm doing now, which is to unpack these issues that I have around trust which is the first step to figuring out how to trust somebody. Like you have to kind of break down the fact that you have these trust issues so that you can understand where they come from. Um, I figured it out, not figured it out, but I like acknowledged that I had trust issues because of my dad and like that male relationship missing from my life and like not being able to really like build a trusting bond with any man in my life. Like I have male friends, but like, Having that trusting bond with somebody who's supposed to like um, take care of you, I guess is what I'm, you know, getting at. I think that's what I realized was missing. So that's just one of those things that we will always continue to talk about. I definitely 
know that trust issues are a thing. And I feel like if it wasn't for me starting a therapeutic journey um, two years ago and, you know, just being really transparent with myself sometimes and looking at and looking at my past relationships like yo why is it like this even with my friends sometimes like why do I not trust it's like I don't trust the people that I care about the most to make decisions because I'm nervous for them like I'm scared to lose somebody because of the decisions that they make so I'm always suggesting or um advising or giving different options for people or you know just wanting them to think harder about the decisions that they're making to make sure that they're true to what they want um yeah because I got trust issues and overcompensating by advising and being number one to people does not keep people in your life because no matter how hard you work like I said people are in your life and people things happen to you and for a reason um and you know it is what it is um and it won't keep people in your life because you do too much um it will tire the fuck out of you let's just be real there because I'd be so tired I used to be so tired like not now so much but I used to be so tired and like I've mentioned before that there's a lot I have a lot of like people in my 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 circle like my circle is kind of big as most people, you know, will give me flack for it, but it's it's a pretty, it's a good circle, but you know, there's so many people in it and trying to overcompensate and like people please in so many directions. It was just way too much. I'm just glad not to be in that so much of that same headspace and working towards trusting people and releasing like that control of like, you need to think this or do this and say this and like try and like, it's just, it's real hard. I got to control my daughter's like destiny as much as I can right now while I have the reins of it. So I don't have time for like to be doing that for a whole bunch of other people. So (sighs) let go, let love and learn to trust. Name of the game. That is the name of the game. That is what therapy is for. Uh, So there's trust issues and then there's some other things, you know, that we're working through self-esteem, self-love, you know, all that stuff. But I think we're I think we're getting somewhere because I made the first step by saying that something was wrong and going to seek help or having conversations about figuring it out, which I think is step one. So if you're like me and you feel like, you know, something ain't right, like I just I'm overly suspicious. I was like, I don't trust people. I don't let people in like I just do too much. It's like you got to trust people to be on their own. You got to. And if that. that is not something that took an overnight conversation to figure out. So if you're feeling all those things, ask yourself, where's some of this? Where is this coming from? Why do I feel like this? Or if it's something you can't figure out on your own, maybe you should talk to somebody else. Or maybe talk to a family member, talk to a loved one, talk to somebody close to you who you feel knows you well enough to help you figure it out. And if not, therapy is the way to go. Um. Yeah, this episode was a little bit longer than the other episode, but I think that we kind of got through, like we did our Black History segment, we did our new mommyhood segment, happy birthday, ma, and you know, we we talked about trust issues, and I really like this episode, and I think I'm going to really love them more and more as the time goes on, and I will keep coming with more episodes, I'm going to have a guest soon, Um, don't know when, but it'll be soon. Um, 
just because like I told you I have so many dope people in my life with like a lot of great stuff to say so a guest speaker will be coming no not a guest speaker that sounds whack like it sounds like we are doing a TED talk but like we're not so like one of the one of the nah I can't call it a co-wash person somebody's coming and talk to y'all about some good shit how about that and <laughs> it'll be wonderful we'll pull up to the bowl next week and talk our shit and we will you know get it done thank you guys for listening this week this is ae is the wash and i'll talk to y'all next time bye